0: what's up guys welcome to the bladed wedge show it's july thir- 13th 2020 we're just guys who love watching golf talking golf and most importantly playing golf if you don't yet follow us on twitch and instagram that's the best way to keep up with what we're doing i'm trey pizzetti and i'm here with my good friend alex chaco how you doing man good good played some golf this weekend right yeah yeah it was uh i'm back up in, in traverse city michigan went down to arcadia bluffs which is my favorite course uh in this area and honestly to play uh around the world so if you are in the northern mission area or in the michigan or in michigan in general definitely make the trip up there it's a little pricey but if you've never played it it's definitely worth the price of admission and you know if you do go twilight it makes it a lot more reasonable so uh definitely check that out if you're in michigan uh how's jersey shore treating you good man
1: just another weekend down the beach um like honestly, I have to start playing some golf down there. Uh-huh. Um, been definitely lacking on the golf. You've been playing a lot more golf than I have this summer, but um,
0: no, all is good. Awesome, yeah. It sounds like I'll be down there uh, second week of August. So pretty excited about that one. Maybe you and I will will hit the links uh, Friday or Sunday or something like that. But uh, we definitely need to get you out playing again.
1: Well, dude, um,
0: there's a couple courses
1: that we are definitely play like Sunday afternoon. Um, yeah, we can get on to. Uh, we we have to play golf, down.
2: Yeah, we
0: will. I'm, like not we accepting will. that. Um, awesome. So you know, today we got a huge blade of ledge t sheet. There's a lot of things going on in the world of golf. So we're gonna start out with some big storylines, head into the Workday Charity Open recap, and then preview the Memorial. So kicking off, kind of the biggest story that that you and I were talking about is t- the Tony Finau 59. Um, obviously ridiculous to, to casually shoot a 59 like he did and then just post it to his Instagram story. But uh, what were your thoughts when you saw that?
1: It was so casual. Like he was just putting up random videos of him like Stripe and Driver. The course he played looked sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I was watching the the Insta story video go through and I was like honestly just speechless about like some of the shots he was hitting.
0: Yeah, insane. And then kind of going off that as well, there was the video that we've all been waiting for, which is a Tony Finau full swing driver. Um, and I think he had ball speed over 200, which is absolutely ridiculous. But it, it looks so weird to watch him swing past, you know, his normal, um, very short backswing.
1: Yeah, it's, he just, he does not take the club far back at all, but he just rips the ball.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely smokes it. And, and when he swung far, that far back, like, I just couldn't get used to it, um, but you know he was hitting it even harder. I'm sure he just can't control it. Yeah, and I,
1: um, I like didn't see it at first, um, and then like a bunch of my buddies in our group chat like started like, like DMing me like, "Yo, are you like watching this?" I was like, "Holy crap!" It's it was it was insane.
0: It was insane. So uh, definitely awesome. Excited to watch him compete. I think he's in the field this week, but I'd have to double check that. Um, Next up, the Ryder Cup got pushed to next year. We have been talking about this for a while, including Rory's comments about not having fans and how that would kind of take away for the atmosphere. I think this is the right thing to do, but it's definitely disappointing.
1: Yeah, I think it is the right thing to do, but I guess that is what the Ryder Cup's for. It's meant for that stadium-type atmosphere, and having that, the fans there is a, a critical piece to it. So, I mean, I respect the decision. I'm not like super bummed out about it like you know it sucks that it gets pushed back another year but i'd rather get pushed back another year than have it be fanless in my opinion
0: yeah absolutely totally agree the fanless you know never really made sense and the added yeah. component of having an international team having to come over and play here with international travel and the possibility to yep. spreading covid um it just it just wouldn't have worked out how they wanted it to and hopefully a year a year from now we'll be able to play um, you know, full tournament with full fans and and really have the the experience that we are looking for. And, and I really hope that it, it stays at Whistling Straits because it's a sick course. Yeah, oh, that phenomenal course for a Rider Cup. Yeah.
1: That's what I was honestly more bummed out about is not having it. Like if they move it to another course or have it at like the next whatever the next course would be in like their rotation then I, I, I would be pretty bummed out about that.
0: Same with me. I I, ho- I I think they're planning on keeping it the same, and I really hope that they do, because it'll be great to watch Whistling Straits on TV and see how beautiful it is. Oh, 100%. Uh, and then Brooks. Did you see Brooks tweet at Bryson? Uh, you know, He he, t- he tweeted the the Kenny Powers scene from Eastbound and Down, where he's accused of steroids and then goes after the cameraman. Uh, Brooks is kind of known for, for having some tweets and taking shots at guys like this, but... I think this might be his best work.
1: So much content behind that tweet. It was just like such a simple video, but had such a huge impact on the entire internet. Um, It was just perfect. It was the perfect timing. It was the perfect, like Brooks is 100% the guy to do it. Like Definitely just like joking around. Like, I don't think it was anything like harmful. Um, But yeah, it was fantastic.
0: I totally agree on that. I mean, he's just messing with him. I think, you know, there's a lot of people talking about, hey did he do steroids like he gained a lot of weight really quickly and I and I think Brooks is just you know adding a little fuel to the fire like making a joke like poking fun at him and there's people calling for him to get you know get fined or suspended because of that tweet and I was just like come on like if you're gonna start doing this you're just being like stuck up like snotty uh, old golf fans yeah you're taking like taking it way too seriously and
1: Brooks gas like gas pricing up like a couple weeks ago where he said like yeah he got in there he got in the gym like he did his work and it's like paying off so uh, yeah i i I mean to to try and say that he should get like suspended or fined is just ridiculous
0: absolutely and and it'll be it's going to be great to see uh him potentially them play together either just in a normal round or if it would be amazing to watch him on a sunday like battling it out or like at a major or something and not that it would be, like, contentious or anything like that, but, you know, these guys are ultra-competitive, and just adding just a little bit of bulletin board material out there would, would be fun to watch. Yeah,
1: fantastic. That would be a dream
0: uh, final pairing
1: in any major. Uh-huh.
0: Especially with, with Bryson and, and, and hitting bombs and, and seeing, watching how that's going to translate to a major, because I keep going back and forth. On whether you know what Bryson is doing will work in, in the majors, or if he's going to be just be punished a little bit more by by some longer drives, so that's going to be something I'm watching out for as well.
1: I'm starting. To, I'm thinking the same thing, but I, I feel like at the end of the day, it's going to be such an advantage to him, like just being able, able to go out there and hit the ball that far. Like it's it's going to be huge.
0: Totally agree. And if he can keep the accuracy up as, as well as as good as he has been then, uh, you know, I'm on your side. If it does start losing a little bit, he will be punished more in a major championship than in a regular tour event, and especially the Detroit Country Club, which is where he won last week. Um, well, well, and the
1: hardest part about it is, like, swinging the golf club that hard and being accurate is, like, impossible. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that's so hard to do on, like, consistent basis that... Um, Yeah, if he can continue to keep it up, like, I mean, it'll it'll change golf.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be awesome to see. It'll be, you know, like we've said in the past, it'll be interesting to see if anyone else tries to do that. It'll be interesting to see if uh, his putting continues to improve and if uh, he can dial in some of his wedges. Um, I read an article today talking about how, you know, he uses the same length for every club and how that could be potentially hurting him on his wedge game. There's not as much feel or control, but. You know, we could I could see him making a change there and switching it up and having some shorter wedges, but uh, just some interesting points there. Moving on, uh, we had the workday charity open this weekend at Muirfield Village in Dublin, Ohio. Um, you know, wasn't the strongest field uh, out there on the PGA Tour, but there's a lot of really good players in in the mix, and watching some young guys play well is always great. Um, just the first thing that we'll start off with is Brooks on Friday. Um, Play had kind of an up and down first round, and and, and kind of uh, up and down half first half of his second round, and then out of his last seven holes, he made five birdies, and so he missed the cut by one, I think it was, or, or he was out by one at the time, and he wasn't originally supposed to commit to next week at the Memorial, but he just automatically committed after that. He's like, "Yo, I'm hot," and I I just think it's the funniest thing because it's like. It's such a like a move that we would do. It's like, oh, I birdied 18, or like I hit a great drive on 18. I'm like, oh, I'm ready to play tomorrow. Like, uh, let's go.
1: Yeah, and you know he was like, pissed at himself too because he probably is like, I could have played so much better this week. Like, there's no way I'm like not not playing next weekend.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that would be great that he's committing. You know, we the the ba- main thing we have to talk about in the Workday Charity Open is uh, JT versus Colin Marikawa. Absolute epic battle. JT started out three strokes up at the start of the day, um, and then lost the lead, and then got another three-stroke lead, and I think Colin Marikawa was down three with four holes left, and uh, ended up coming back to tie it, Uh, and then a three-hole playoff later came out as the champion. What were your biggest takeaways of the, the battle between those two players, and then obviously how well Colin Marikawa played coming down the stretch? Yeah, Morikawa, he's he's the real deal. Like he's nasty. Um,
1: I thought the playoff was awesome. The one thing I will say though is like during the playoff when they had that like one-two punch where JT made that like ridiculous 50 footer. It had like ten feet of break, like downhill, like crazy that he rolled that in. Um, when he made that putt, that's like the type of scenario where with no fans it's kind of like lackluster
0: oh 100
1: he just heard like jim nance going crazy and then like jt like screaming but that was like it and that was like soft claps where if there was like an arena arena like a stadium type feel that would have been electric
0: i was freaking out watching it
1: yeah it was nuts
0: yeah um and then <laughs> uh the other thing there was you know jt played re- really well the whole time i actually thought it was going to be over when jt made that putt but uh Colin Murakawa had another little uh, putt that he almost slipped out or missed, and after watching the video a couple times, I have no idea how it dropped. Yeah,
1: and uh, he said that he had that putt during regulation, where he had like a similar putt. Uh huh. Um, so he like kind of knew it was gonna go a little right on, like a little right on him. Um, but no, I mean, step up to the plate. It's got that putt has to go in. Yeah. You
0: know yeah, so that was guy. awesome. It was also it was interesting to watch. He was just drinking a milkshake after with the with the uh, uh, with the trophy. I was like, how could this guy be any more likable? Like that's the that was the the funniest thing. And you know, he is an absolute monster. He, he, I saw the stats were going around more wins than missed cuts, and the only other guy to do that was Tiger. And then of course, everyone on Twitter is like, well, Tiger had more major wins than missed cuts for a while. You know. You know obviously not going to be tiger but this guy's a stud and he's gonna be around he hits irons like no one else on the PJ tour right now yeah he's not going anywhere he's young too isn't he like 20, 21 uh, yeah um, I think he, I think he's a little older than 21. I, I want to say 23 but still very young that's crazy yeah so moving on we have uh, July 16th so Thursday through Sunday we have the memorial tournament at Mutual Village again so this is a back to back at the same golf course. It's going to be very interesting to watch the uh, course and, and when the condition it's in. I know they are going to roll the greens to make them a little bit faster. Uh, I know a lot of players were complaining about that for the Workday Charity Open. They weren't as fast as, as normal, so that would be good to watch. And, and the big storyline that everyone's talking about and we're all excited for is Tiger is officially back.
1: I mean, what it's about damn time. Mm-hmm. What is I he's just been sitting on his butt probably for the last couple of weeks, like not playing in these events. Like I I get it. Like this is Jack's event. Like there's a lot of like could you know, potentially be like, I wouldn't say a fifth major, fifth major, but you know, it's one of the more premier PGA tour events and, and stops every year. So it's definitely going to be nice to see him back. Um, And I'm hyped to see this tournament because it's always a good finish.
0: Yep, and a place where Tigers has, has won a lot before, um, and so he's uh, two thousand five hundred plus two thousand five hundred on his odds. The favorite this week is actually Bryson uh, coming back, and you know obviously that's a combination of his play as well as his popularity that that makes him the favorite. Um, but you know it's him, then JT, then Rory. So still pretty pretty crazy that he is the favorite. Yeah, and I don't think he's gonna play well.
1: Yeah. I bet really, he like. Just makes the cut. Maybe shoots like a couple under. I just think he played so well in the match, like back when he did that thing with, uh, when he did the charity charity thing, oh. that to take time off was just, I, I think, a little strange. But, um, I mean, hopefully he comes out and plays well. I just don't think, I don't think he'll make much noise this week.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure Tiger will make much noise either. Um, obviously, this is a course he's very familiar with. I think he'll play pretty well. Uh, there's no, I don't think he's missing the cut, but I'm not expecting him to come off. And this is kind of a theme that we've talked about a lot on this show: is uh, you know you have to uh, play and get in these competitive moments and get used to that those those juices again. To and then once you do that or play one or two or three rounds, then you kind of can get back into the groove. Yep, definitely. Awesome. Before we get to the interview, we are still looking for help. So if you want to be our third. Help us out on social or video editing. Shoot us an email at at bladedbyjedgmail.com. Again, make sure to follow us. And then, reminder, we will be on next week at 8 p.m., so check us out then. To finish today's episode, we are going to be playing our interview with George Bryant from the Bryant Bros. Um, You know, Great college golfer, played on on the mini tours, and continues to play in tournaments from now and then, but has really shifted his focus to... uh, video produ- producing content on twitter instagram and youtube super interesting interview about how him and his brother wesley who plays on the PJ tour grew up together as well as their dad being a pro so chuck and i learned a lot very interesting and, and a great guy we'll, we'll probably have on again uh, if he wants to because it, it was it was an awesome interview and and we really enjoyed it so have a great week guys and we'll talk to you soon later what's up guys today we have george Bryan, professional golfer as well as half of brian bros golf super excited to have him on checko and i have big big fans following him on our personal instagram accounts for a long time really enjoying the content that they put out uh how you doing man gents good morning
2: uh doing great thanks for uh, having me on
0: yeah it is uh, a little bit early it's 8 30 on a monday morning but uh we're off ready to get after it um and you know with covid and, and the kind of weird hours uh, you know the the normal schedule doesn't apply so kind of segueing mm-hmm. into that how uh, how is covid treating you where are you kind of bunkered down um
2: aiken south carolina and obviously down south the golf course is never closed and honestly you know kind of transitioning to YouTube more this year, I haven't felt a huge impact where, you know, people in the workforce or, you know, other, you know, PGA tour players didn't have anything to do for what, three, four months, three months. Um, Where me, I was still shooting content, playing golf regularly, but um, so there was kind of, it's been weird because, you know, I've not thrived or flourished, but like nothing has changed too much other than some regulations here there, whereas everyone else is like operating in this weird um, state. So it's been definitely weird, but honestly, as a golfer, not too much has changed.
0: I know it, it is awesome. Like it feels like golf is the like kind of the only outlet. I'm up in New York and mm-hmm. Chico's in Philly, oh, yeah. so a little bit more of the uh, the epicenters. But golf mm-hmm. has has remained pretty normal. Um, mm-hmm. And you know the PGA Tour really changed or the USGA changed the rules around the flagstick just in time, so that that kind of worked out mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, what is your, your schedule look like for the rest of the year? I know that you're super into the YouTube now and have been really grinding on that and putting out some, you guys have really taken like the content on YouTube to the next level. So is that kind of the plan or or are you going to play, try to qualify for some tournaments or where are you at?
2: Um, so that's, that's what kind of has been a blessing for me this whole kind of quarantine season is because. Due to funding and, you know, expensive PGA or Chase in Q school and mini tour life, like I just needed to have better funds to, to a, support my family and justify spending five grand at Q school. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they canceled Q school this year. So I was like, well, like that leaves me with time to really grind on YouTube, try to grow it, put it in a place where next year I can focus more on, you know, professional golf and tournament golf leading up to Q school. Where this year I'm going to sprinkle in some one day events probably later this summer. Um, actually maybe in a couple weeks just to kind of get the tournament reps in to keep, you know, the tournament golf game sharp. Um, but yeah, honestly just practicing golf, videoing a lot, filming, social media, um, keeping the game sharp. But the main focus is YouTube content where tournament professional golf secondary, but still back there trying to keep my game sharp.
0: That's
1: awesome. I was going to say, do you find it hard when you're kind of working on your YouTube content and shooting and filming do you find it hard to also keep your game sharp, or, like, what's the balance there between doing your content and not also, like, working on your game?
2: I mean, honestly, it's borderline impossible to do both well. Because um, 2016, when I was caddying for Wesley, and honestly, as a full-time YouTube content creator, even though I'd say I was a professional golfer, but looking back at it, 2015 and 16, focus was on that. And I played in tournaments, but you just can't do both well. Um, And so... That's why it would have been tough for me because I would have to make a decision probably in a month or two, or no, in a month, like, hey, am I going to do Q school this year? But knowing that my golf game really isn't, like, tournament-ready, um, and it would be just, like, weird, like, ah, like what do I do? Um, so it really is tough. Um, but at the same time, you are on a golf course getting reps in while filming, and it's going to keep your game sharp, but not, like, um, you're not able to, like, really take it to where it needs to be um, if you want to do both well. So yeah, oh, well, well,
0: sorry. absolutely. And, you know, we were watching, you had kind of the 59 watch going yesterday on mm-hmm. Instagram, which was which was pretty funny and, and pretty cool to watch. Um, talk to us a little bit about, you know, obviously you're playing golf really well at, on a casual mm-hmm. level, on a content level. What mm-hmm. do you kind of focus on or what do you have to do to get yourself ready for those that tournament level golf and kind of get ready to compete?
2: Um, honestly, probably not a whole lot other than just like, playing golf every day mm-hmm. or, you know, five days a week. We're now, like, I'm, I mean, that's the first 18-hole round I've played in, like, a month that um, wasn't been filmed. Uh, played some nine-hole rounds here or there, you know, fart around practicing, play a few holes. But, like, the, to really get your game ready and, and well is just you got to put the reps in playing until like, I get your mind shifted from, like, the technical, like, a golf swing mentality to, like, playing golf and playing the game mentality. Um, and so that just takes – you know, consistency where, you know what, I, honestly, my game right now is like all the parts, like they look good. The swing looks good. The putting stroke looks good. Everything looks good. But like making it all work together and around mm-hmm. is not quite there. Yesterday, obviously I played really well. Um, but like tomorrow I might go and play and it just feels awkward, but that's just because, you know, I'm not playing golf every day. Mm-hmm. I'm playing YouTube. I'm playing golf swing. Um, so, it, I mean, honestly, I'm probably a few weeks away from just like putting the camera down feeling like once a week, Practicing and playing every day to where I'd be, you know, competent to playing
0: tournaments. Mm-hmm. And then also, like obviously, like the grinding it out is, is something mm-hmm. that you probably just kind of getting back into would take a bit, especially a short game. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, one of the biggest things that looking up at your background is obviously playing at playing at USC and being a three-time All-American there uh, and three-time mm-hmm. All-SEC, which is awesome. And one of the things that we Chaco and I really have been working to explore is kind of the differences between. The college game, and then kind of coming it, and then trying to make it on the on the mini tours, or, or obviously the corn ferry, mm-hmm. um, if you can get there. But um, can you talk a little about the difference between you know playing really high level college golf, and then and, and then tra- making that transition?
2: Um, so let's see. I mean, t- college was like ten years ago for me, yeah. so <laughs> I've got to go back in the archives. Um, honestly, back then, I think then the difference between PJ Tour and college level wasn't necessarily um that much but people I, it's weird because i think the kids nowadays are ready to play tour level golf more so than they were um back then and it's not because the, the skill level was any different because when i was coming along you know i was competing with some of the best players in the world right now and so the they, and their and their skill hasn't changed that much it was just like i think the perception of like oh man it's the PJ tour where now it's like you have 16 year olds they're like almost numb to like Oh, it's just a tour event. Who cares? Like, and so I think that's the biggest thing. It's not it's not necessarily a skill level difference. It's just like that perception of like, well, I'm in college. Well, I'm gonna got to make it to the PGA Tour. Now it's all like, I'm just gonna be a professional golfer and play good golf and whatever happens happens. And so, um, but yeah, it's, it's it's cool to see. Um, and like, and golf is one of those kind of weird sports where like you can dominate in college, and then get out on the mini tours, not get burnt out, but just like. You get frustrated that you're not on the P J Tour like you think, and you get upset. Your mentality changes, and all of a sudden, you know, you're like, "Crap, where the heck? What am I doing?" Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's definitely unique in that aspect. Um, but yeah, the skill. I think that the biggest thing, the skill level, is not different from the players then to now. Maybe a little bit. I think across the board, it might be slightly better, but the high end players are still as good as they were, you know, now as they were then. But it's just that perception of like mm-hmm. PGA Tour then versus now. I don't know. It's 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 cool to see though for sure.
0: Yeah, and do you think that's a lot because uh you know, a lot of these guys are even if you aren't one of the guys who get like a sponsored exemption or you hey you, you mm-hmm. win an event and qualify to get a to get a spot in one PJ tour events, or you see your peers be in those events and so it normalizes mm-hmm. it a bit. Is that kind of what you're mm-hmm. thinking?
2: Yeah, I think that's um now you're seeing that with a lot of the folks. And I think, um I don't know, I think that if it's just it's just more normal, like you uh. said. Like you're you have these young guys that are these college kids that are playing with these PJ Tour players, you know, when they're at home and they're just like, wow, I'm just as good as he is. And it kind of gives them that confidence where when they do step up and play in a PJ Tour event, like, I'm like, my compete here. I'm beating, I'm playing with Matthew Wolf every day and beating him a handful of times. And he's a PJ Tour winner. Well, I, I mean, I can do this myself. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can insert any name you want. And it definitely, even like for me with Wesley playing with him, it, our games that are a little bit farther apart than they have been in the past, just given the nature. He's playing really good, and my game's kind of all over the place. Yep. But still, I'll you know I'll beat him a handful of times right now, and it's just like when He's a PJ Tour winner. I can hang with him now. I just got to get that consistency level where he where he has that I don't. Um, but yeah, definitely that confidence factor of playing with PJ Tour players when you're not on the PJ Tour helps a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. Who's usually who's usually winning those matches here, mm-hmm. Wesley? Well, if you've been watching YouTube videos, you know that I have not been uh, faring too well. <laughs> um, but I have, I have beat him once or twice. But honestly, like, we'll put – I mean, I think he's got a couple weeks off now. We'll go and play, and I'll probably beat him maybe once or twice. But, like, it's been weird. I, I think there's a – someone asked that in the comments or whatever, and it's like from age 2 to 25 or 2 to, like, 22, I was beating him probably 60% of the time. But we would go on these runs where – he would beat me for a whole month, and then I would beat him for two months straight. It would just kind of flip flop. But from like 22 to now, it's like been more 60-40 him, um, but still, it's still a toss-up every time we get out there for sure.
1: I'm sure it was awesome too, having like him to like play with growing up and like keep mm-hmm. you know stay have that competitive feeling and, and make sure that you guys are, you know, working hard together. I bet that was definitely uh, extremely beneficial.
2: Yeah, I think it's an underrated key, too, to improving. It's having someone better or just as good to play with. Um, so, yeah, you compete, but you also can kind of learn from one another and just kind of bounce ideas off of or um, whatever. But, I mean, the main thing is just competing with someone and playing with someone on a regular basis that's just as good or better than you to really kind of hone that competitiveness in. But it's it's kind of an overlooked aspect, but it's one of the huge keys to, like, really uh, improving
0: golf. And I think I read this somewhere, but is your dad a, a, a pro as well, or a, a teaching mm-hmm. pro? Yep. Yeah, he's teaching pro. Uh, he's played
2: in PJ Championship, and he played in town Actually caddied uh, for him there way back in the day. But, yeah, he's really good player. He was a really good player you know, when he was kind of chasing it on the club pro level. And then mm-hmm. when we came along, he shifted the work. All he wanted to do was watch us play. Yeah. And so his game's kind of like not deteriorated, but it's just – kind of average now because mm-hmm. he doesn't practice or play but yeah he's a good player and um we definitely learned a lot from him growing up
0: that that's really cool um mm-hmm. and then you know the other kind of interesting thing i saw when i was really digging your background is is did you made a big break appearance didn't you
2: yeah it was terrible i mean it, it <laughs> was like that was the, probably the worst i've ever been playing in my life because uh-huh. it was 20, we filmed it in 2014 and that was i had just run out of money to playing professional golf like probably in march or april and so then but then the Brian Bros thing started up. So like it was just like, well, got nothing else to do. Let's grind on this. And so my game was nowhere in like any kind of competitive shape. Mm-hmm. And then you throw you go onto the show where it's just the most nervous I've ever been. You're in front of a TV camera. You know you're not playing good, and you're like, if I missed a shot, like I can't get a mulligan. I can't like go and hit the next shot to like recover. It's just like the nerves were insane. And so like I looked like an idiot. And it was but it was I mean, honestly. I watched the show growing up. One of the coolest things ever was to be a part of it because you grew up watching the show and now you're on it. But I just wish my golf game was actually, like, kind of respectable so mm-hmm. I could, like, feel like I belong. But, man, it was it was weird. But it was so much fun Yeah, uh, kind of seeing how, how the show works.
0: Yeah, I'm so interested in how the show works. It's something that I always watched growing up and definitely had yeah. some, like, dreams of being on. It was just cool how they also kind of, like, segmented the game to, like, make it mm-hmm. more, like, fun for the game show i don't know if it exactly translates yeah. to who the best golfer is all the time but it was cool how they kind of made the quirky events uh to compete in
2: yeah i agree and then honestly richie won so i mean he was like got his tour card mm-hmm. the next year or web card, i can't remember but like really good player and even most of the players on that were really good so it that one kind of shook you out well i think wesley he got eliminated, I don't on the second show or third show or whatever. But, like, he was playing some of the best guys he's ever played. And now it, he just kind of got unlucky with some of those games. But for the most part, it shook out. Like, the top players really were, like, kind of moved on.
0: Because mm-hmm. I remember, is at the big break. It's like you compete, and then the last, and then you go. And, like, then you have to play, like, one versus one on a hole. And yeah. it's, like, one hole yeah. or, like, a three-hole stretch. And I remember I being, know, like – what you hit? You pull one shot and you make one bogey, and then that means that you have to go home. Like it's so <laughs> yeah, it's later. so tense. Yeah, but obviously, pretty cool experience. Um, we'll have to. Absolutely. I guess we won't dig up that footage, but you know, we'll we'll have to you know go check yeah, it no, out maybe.
2: It was. I watched it the other day. It was. It was fun. It was like funny to watch. Yeah, I yeah. had the long
0: hair and I'm like. Oh, this is my <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll w- it always be a good memory.
2: And
1: during yeah. quarantine too, they, they re ran like a ton of the episodes too because know, they needed yeah. content to
2: try and fill space. Yeah, I'll watch it. Don't I mean I'm not I'm gonna lie to you, I'll watch it and uh, record it for sure, but it was yeah. Definitely go back and you'll get a good laugh out of
0: it. So I, I also know that you, you do a little cadding for your brother and it sounds like you you've done some cadding for your dad as well. How do you mm-hmm. uh, approach going and cadding for them compared to like playing yourself or, or like how does that differ?
2: Um, for what, for Wesley, honestly, it's, it's really easy because like, well, Hey, if you're caddy, you got to know the person, you got to know the player. And like me as a player, I can't do what I would normally do. Like, cause that might not work for Wesley. Mm-hmm. Now, Wesley, it's one of the unique cases where he, you can go out and caddy form today and I caddy form where you get, um, the greatest caddy of all time, Stevie Williams or whoever insert Ted Williams, Ted Scott, that they're all going to do the same for Wesley because he just needs someone to be a friend, hang out, laugh with. Given the numbers, like, but Wesley makes all his, his own decisions. And, um, his, like, the caddy's got right now, Willie, is perfect because just they're, he's just a normal dude. Um, they have the kind of same kind of personality type, dry humor. Um, but Willie's, you know, great at um, what he does, one of the real, really good caddies out there. But for me, I would just go out there, try to make him laugh if he needed to, uh, make sure I got my numbers right um and then let him do his thing and if he does ask me hey what do you think then i can obviously use my golf knowledge like hey this is what i think you should hit or hit, or i would just go hey i think you should hit this yardage shot and then he picks his club um and or if he you know if he's in between i just kind of reaffirm with what he believes he should do just to really get him confidence but he's he's super simple um that's what makes him i think very unique is like he just wants someone there to hang out and, and when he's in that kind of mindset of just a normal round of golf with the boys or with his friends he's gonna play really well um and when he gets too over analytical like all right well the wind's doing this like do you think he did knock down eight iron or the choke seven or that's when he's kind of not playing gonna play his best
0: mm. very interesting and how do your guys games differ in that way are you similar in, in like hey you want to have it more of like that friendly where you're just kind of out there playing with the boys mindset or are you more analytical than he is
2: I mean, by nature, I'm going to be more analytical, which is annoying because I don't need to be. And I need to be <laughs> like him to compete well. Like, when I'm playing, if I'm just playing like a normal route of golf, I'm going to play good. But it's n- the times, I- or the reason I've been struggling as much, or I tend to struggle in professional golf is I make it something that it's not. I'm Like, oh, well, it's a tournament. I got to try harder. I got to do this. Or I get nervous. Um, and instead of just like, dude, just go out there and play golf. you have a bad child. Who cares? Just golf. Um, and that's what I – I tend to make it something that it's not. And instead of just making it fun, relaxed um around the golf i'm just hitting golf shots and trying to shoot as low as i can
0: that's awesome yeah that's i feel like that's definitely a skill that that you have to refine is, it, is kind of trying mm-hmm. to find that mindset that you need to be in and being able to get there to play really yeah. really good golf but mm-hmm. moving on to you know the youtube content that you have going mm-hmm. um how you know kind of talk about how that really got started and then where you are trying to push it going forward um, so obviously
2: what, four, actually six years now, we'd started the kind of trick shots things by accident. Um, it grew to a lot. People kept watching the videos and like it really grew on YouTube a lot. And I was like, man, this is kind of cool. Um, whatever. So we turned into a business Wesley he gets on a tour. And then like, once he got on a tour, it kind of stopped and turned into just me. And I didn't know, like he didn't have time for it. So I'm like, well, what do I do? I'm not a trick shot guy. Mm-hmm. So then that's when I'm like, but then also that's when I started playing and focusing more on my side of golf. So was on PJ Tour Latin America, PJ Tour Canada. So I didn't really have time for the YouTube, social media thing, but I just kept it up just to make sure or just to, like, if I ever needed it or w- wanted to go back to it, it would still be there. So I would post kind of sporadically, but I was a golfer first. Now fast forward to 2020, it's kind of shifted where I'm content creator first, but also professional golfer. Um, and so now I'm just trying to, like, really grow it and kind of see where it goes and focus more on, you know, my obviously background in golf and professional golf I have some stuff i can offer on the like technical side or improvement side but also i want to make fun golf videos Mm -hmm. where you can just consume and just if you want to watch good golf and maybe have a few laughs or kind of relate to a golfer you can watch with that aspect without wanting to like get better so fun golf videos challenges where i play 18 holes try to see how low i can shoot and then i'll kind of sprinkle in some hey if you want to you know improve your driving or if you want to improve your course management strategy you know i'm gonna offer that content as well but really just see where that goes i don't know what it looks like but i'm just gonna be uh putting content out there that hopefully people keep enjoying and um we'll see what happens
0: yeah that's awesome i've really enjoyed your content i think you know you uh random club golf with with eric lang and Riggs are really kind of pushing the envelope Mm -hmm. on that more of that fun golf content side right you know not everything has to be an instructional video where they're telling you where your hands should be it's more of like hey yeah. I want to watch either good golfers or entertaining people play cool courses yeah. and, you know, commentate about it. So I've really enjoyed, you know, your stuff um, as well as those other guys yeah. um, from, like, a consumer perspective.
2: Yeah, I appreciate it. And it's interesting. Another thing is,
0: like, um, with Wesley kind
2: of being in the mix now, I think the whole reason, I guess, like, kind of spurred me on was, like, during the quarantine at the beginning, he was like, dude, why aren't you using me on your channel as much? I'm like, well, I didn't think you wanted me to ask. Like, <laughs> you kinda, And so – he's wanted to get more involved to kind of help me out. But also I think he missed kind of the fun side that, you know, you that can be YouTube golf or content creation. But at the same time, there is a benefit for him kind of getting involved on in my channel and getting his name out there more. Um, and I think that's been a cool thing to see him like really um, in, embrace it a little more. It's like, Hey, this is part of my story. Um, I'm not a trick shot guy anymore, but I can still do this kind of social content thing and be very relatable. And it's cool for you know people like you or, fans of pj tour golf seeing a pj tour caliber player on youtube that is just like a normal guy Mm. and see kind of his outlook on life golf and just how normal he is where most of the time people can say oh you're pj tour player you're different well he's just he's just a guy who plays on pj tour um and you know we're brothers and so that's a cool thing that um people like seeing as well so it's been really cool last kind of four months him getting involved playing some matches um bringing like pj tour quality golf to youtube Yes. I think that's
1: one of the coolest things too about um, kind of bringing a PGA Tour player to that view because mm-hmm. you know, we see it with like Justin Thomas or Eva. at the end of the day they are PGA Tour players who are really good at golf, but at, they love just going out playing, hanging with the boys, and mm-hmm. and and doing stuff like that. So that's it, really cool to see. Yeah.
0: And, and just kind of the last question I have uh, before we go into the rapid fire is, is we've kind of mm-hmm. gone back and forth on this. And, and I know it's been a topic, you know, maybe a couple of weeks ago about miking up the players more in PGA tour mm-hmm. events. I obviously, you know, you obviously have a little bit of a, a better insight than we do, but where do you kind of land on, on that uh, argument or that debate?
2: Um, Neil Wesley actually talked about, it, cause he's all for it. Like he's not going to change who he is. Mm-hmm. Like, He's in the last – like, honestly, the thing with him and Bubba, he would be like that if he was leading the golf tournament. And that's what people would be cool to see is like, hey, wow, this guy's actually leading a tournament. He's just ask, do, asking all these dumb questions or saying all these funny things or whatever. Um, but Wesley was like, they don't need a mic us. They just need to get, like, a boom mic that's, like – can capture, like, the caddy commentary, um, stuff like that where it's a little less invasive. But, like, at the same time, honestly, I think they should – do more of it because it is those moments like I know I think there's been some comments where like they don't want to like what between the player and the caddy is personal or like confident or private or whatever I'm like yeah I get that but at the same time it's like really cool from for fans to see what they're talking about like wow that's that's what they're talking about there they're not actually like being so serious this is how simple it can be or um little nuggets that would be really cool to see like the Tiger Woods or the Justin Thomas's um say But obviously, you know Wesley. I like watching him mic'd up because he brings a relatableness and like just a normalcy to like that um, the PGA Tour kind of caliber golf.
0: Yeah, I think like for a guy like Wesley, or you know, if you were out there, it's like if you have a great personality and like if you're a fun guy, you know, a fun guy who plays and is just an interesting like that, you can really highlight that. Uh, through yeah. you know some sort of mic, and whether it's you know m- micing up the bags, or whether it's just having a better mm-hmm. production quality with you know hey having the boom mics, like there has to be some sort of trust with the with the people who are um, you know producing the 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 TV stream about mm-hmm. like hey we're not going to highlight something bad or or put you there but there are cool conversations like for someone like me or chaco like we want to hear the conversations about hey are you gonna hit a seven a hard seven or you know a knockdown six like that's really interesting so i do think there's areas area for improvement there yeah and
2: if people go back because i'm a social media guy so i go and scour anytime wesley or or you know whatever i kind of see what people are saying or like because in in my comment section everyone's like they really like and enjoy Wesley's personality and his Hmm. comments and we implemented a little uh, Wesley cam and the carts that people in our matches really, really loved. And so like, I would go back, then I go back and read like when he's mic'd up and how the comments are, you know, we love this. This is awesome. Um, You know, Wesley cam, here's Wesley cam, yada, yada, yada. And so it's cool that people are really enjoying that side of like professional golf. And so I think there's a way that PJ tour can definitely do this because it's a neat, like, I mean, this is, I'm biased towards Wesley, but, you know, you get these other players that actually have a big following, you know, the Brysons, the um, Brooks is like, just to have little snippets that could be, you know, used in some way that would that would definitely add value to golf for sure.
0: Yeah, and it's also, like, if you're good and you're a good person, like, it's going to add to your brand as well. So, um, with that being said, let's jump into the rapid-fire questions. Chuck, I'll let you take it from here.
1: Perfect. So, let's start with number one. What's your favorite major championship?
2: Um... All of them. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. British Open because you can wake up early and watch golf. The Masters because it's the Masters. U.S. Open because it is a massive amount of coverage all day, every day on a brutal course. And the PGA because my dad's a club pro. And, uh, you know, I've been in caddy or been there in caddy form there as well. So all of them. I love that. Um, Favorite club in the bag? What do you hit the best? Um, Probably my driver for sure.
1: Favorite course ever played?
2: Um, subtle flex, but Augusta National uh, runner-up is uh, St. Andrews because the home of golf is ain't nothing like it. but Standing there on the first tee with right in the thing seeing, uh, seeing like where golf was made, basically. So, Augusta National, obvious number one, but uh, close second is uh, um, Old Course St. Andrews. I can honestly <laughs> say
0: that's the best answer we've ever heard we've heard on our show so far. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Who did you play uh, Augusta with? My dad played it twice. Played my dad, my brother, and then the um, he was the chairman at the time, uh, Hootie Johnson, and yeah, it was pretty pretty sweet. Although the first time, second time I played, got absolutely smoked by my dad, my brother, and by like 75 year old Hootie Johnson who was riding up on the senior tees in his cart and just dropping bombs. I'm like, like. I'm out here and just getting run over by yeah. everyone. And I'm yeah. supposed to be having a fun time at Augustine. I'm shooting like 85. Was <laughs> awesome day. It was very, uh, very interesting. To, you know, um, but yeah, it was unbelievable.
0: That's so cool.
1: That's awesome.
2: Um, and then lowest round ever. Was it the um, 60 yesterday? Uh, shot 59 twice. One at the course, that little short course I play, um, that I didn't shoot 60 at yesterday. And then a uh, 59 on a real part 72 at Northwoods uh, a few years back. Um, and lowest in the tournament is 63. Wow.
0: Nice. So. Awesome. Perfect. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. This has been great. We uh, definitely would love to do it again in the future, but uh, good luck on the YouTube content. Tell Wesley we said good luck this year, um, and, and we're, we'll keep following you closely.
2: Yeah, appreciate it. And, uh, tag and share. I'll share this whenever it goes live or whenever it finishes. I'll um, be sure to get some love, so just uh, let me know how I can help and, Appreciate you guys for having me on.
0: Awesome. Thanks, man.